child. I'm in my own kitchen today and I'm boiling up some primordial soup. There is your primordial soup machine. That was signalled by saying fire. Fire. Would you um, would you ever participate in a firing squad if asked? Yeah, I would actually. <laughs> you know what is it? Is it with a firing squad? They all have blank bullets except for one, or they all have real bullets except for one? Um, huh. I'm not entirely sure. I thought it was that only one of them has a real bullet, but it would make more sense. Is like that one person could still miss. That's true. But, like, I don't know. If there were 12 people and I was like, one of us has a bullet, a, de- a non-real bullet, mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's probably me. Let's all but, practice on each other to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd be like, it's probably not me because I'm not very lucky. So I definitely killed that man. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. You know? So you'd rather that all of you were implicated except for one. Yeah. It's not actually official that a firing squad must have one or more blanks in the lineup in order to defuse responsibility. However, it is common for at least one person to have a so-called dummy round. Sometimes more, sometimes none. It's interesting to note though that a trained shooter will know if they have fired a blank or not because of the recoil, so it kind of renders the whole custom pointless. In the, you- when, they, when they inject the poison, whatever it is, they inject them with ten needles and only one of the needles has one it. air. <laughs> air. So, well, it wasn't me you killed him. <laughs> air doesn't do anything. Doing it again and again. <laughs> yeah. um, no, they have like a multi-stage process where each person flips the switch. Isn't that right? For the injection? Lethal, yeah. In what, what switch is being flipped? Uh, they have one that is like an anesthetic mm-hmm. that paralyzes you and then they have one that kills you. Oh, okay. And then they have one that, you know. Do the doctors performing those wear like hoods or masks? Yeah. They do? Yeah. <laughs> do they actually? Yeah, they're shirtless and they wear a mask. <laughs> and they're just a local Sometimes tradition <laughs> Sometimes tradition matters. Yeah. Yeah. They still carry the axe, but it's ceremonial. And they have tattoos. Yeah. What do the tattoos say? I love killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make, make death, make, make death, not war. (laughs) Kill people individually rather than a mass attack. Yeah. There is actually not really a manner of diffusing responsibility when it comes to lethal injection. However, it does take a team to conduct the execution. A doctor rarely is involved with the administration of the three separate injections as this would violate the Hippocratic Oath. Therefore often the process is conducted improperly resulting in horrific pain for the condemned person. All in all, it's a bad bad thing, please stop doing it in your country if you do. Will you undergo the death penalty for a crime you didn't commit? (laughs) Would I undergo it? Do I have a good appeal? Can I... Hmm? How good's my lawyer? Very bad. It's me. I'm your lawyer. <laughs> this man. <laughs> your Honor, I can see the hate in his eyes. Yeah. He <laughs> hates to die. Can you really convict a man to do the thing that he hates the most? Your Honor, what do you what do you hate the most? <laughs> well, uh, well, I, mean... I hate a chicken pie. My wife cooks it every day and I hate it. <laughs> I keep trying to talk to her about it and she just... Uh, just turns the radio louder. Yeah. <laughs> just covers her ears. Have you ever heard that joke? There's a guy and he's at work and he's like... He's also a... He's a builder. Now, one of these lazy Irish builders. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Well, back in the day, they were building the Empire State Building. Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. When they weren't sitting on a steel beam eating their lunch. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the exact situation. Yeah. Isn't it funny the way America's like, we're not an empire... And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, well, what's your state building called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Why is New York is is the Empire State? Why? 
George Washington referred to New York as the seat of the empire in the 1785 letter to the New York Common Council thanking them for giving him the freedom of the city. Because uh, it's called Empire State of Mind. Oh, after the Alicia Keys Jay-Z song. Yeah, you know she's classically trained at piano. Alicia Keys is? Yeah. Isn't she the one who her family are quite troubled? Uh, I have no like idea. A, I, like I don't know anything about her family. <laughs> You just know about her training. I know about her background, but not her family. I think she was on a reality TV. Like, she came up on, like, American Idol or something, but her brother was murdered for crimes. Really? Jay-Z shot his brother. Easy. 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 Easy to do. Easy to do, easy to win. (laughs) If it was easy to do that, you'd do it yourself, yeah. Yeah, he was 13, he shot his brother. Easy. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, sorry. I thought you were, I thought I misheard you. I thought you were saying Jay Z's brother was called Easy. I was like, I know that's not how the alphabet works, but <laughs> Jay Z killed his brother. No, I think his brother lived, but he shot him. Really? Yeah. Yes, Jay Z shot his brother three times when he was twelve over a stolen ring. His brother was an addict at the time, but actually was unscathed by the shooting. They seem fine now, though. Owen Ronan was thinking of Jennifer Hudson, not Alicia Keys. Makes you think, doesn't it? Someone whose whole career is about rapid around violence. Uh, and yet, they're the ones, it's always who you most expect. Yeah, it's yeah. always who says it the most who does it. Mm-hmm. I already feel like Robot James is going to have a lot to say in these opening five minutes. Uh, but there's these three builders on yeah. the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. And one of them opens at lunch, and it's... Um, a pastrami bagel. Yeah, classic New York. Classic New sp- York style. I can, I can smell it, yeah. The other one is like pickles. He's a vegetarian. Just a box of pickles. Yeah. Okay. And a jar. It's a, it's a, he just opens a jar of pickles. Yeah. Okie doke. <clears throat> yeah, no, oh, it said okie doke. And then the other one, he's like, he opens his lunch and it's uh, chicken parm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I hate chicken parm, you know? Mm. These are three Irish builders. One's eating pastrami, one's eating pickles, and one's eating chicken parm. Yeah, I never said they were Irish, no. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You said they were lazy Irish (laughs) builders. No, I said not like these lazy Irish. Oh, not like these lazy Irish. Okay. These are hardworking Native American ones. (laughs) Okay. Did you ever see that? There used to be loads of Native American builders. Uh, In New York? Yeah. At the turn of the century? Yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't aware there was a... They were, like, really... They were known for being not scared of heights because they were really, like... They had a culture where it was like, you don't show fear. <laughs> so they were actually terrified, but they well, weren't allowed to show like, it. It's yeah. like they weren't stupid. They were just, like... Yeah. Jumping over... Oh, yeah, that is just brave. <laughs> Native peoples from the Mohawk tribe in particular have played a monumental role in the construction of New York City since the end of the 19th century. Today, about 10% of all iron workers in the city are Mohawk. Well, one time me and my friends were watching the thing, and it was like, um, see people nearly do death-defying feats. They like do death-defying stunts and stuff. And yeah. it was people like running across buildings, like on the ledge, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then one like, falls off. <laughs> and he's he clearly dies, because like, there's just no way he could live. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't see him die, but you do see... A man fall off a ten-story build. Yeah, but he could have. Maybe he rolled when he landed. Yeah, maybe a gust of wind blew him into the sixth. Have you ever seen that joke? Can you can you finish finish the finish the building one first? But also, I was just going to say on that Mm -hmm. note, have you seen the video of the guy who jumps off the Eiffel Tower to test his parachute? His name was Franz Reichelt. No, it's it's horrible. He, he, it. he had like he got a crowd there because he was like <laughs> he 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 designed this suit that would ostensibly inflate, would catch the air with the drag and you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And then he'd only tested on uh, mannequins, which are a lot lighter than a human. And That's so, he so could, funny. He couldn't get a volunteer, so he did it himself. And I think the police were there to stop him. Uh, but then he just like just was like ah. Well, you can't catch me now. Yeah, jumps catch off me if you can. and apparently made like a f- fifteen centimeters indent into the ground. Jesus. Yeah, like. Um, 
So history, I, history is so scary, isn't it? History is freaky deaky. Freaky, now, freaky Friday. The guy's drinking in the Empire State Building. He's drinking? Yeah. Right. He's in a bar at the Empire State Building. Wait, so what do the three builders have to do? That's the other one. This is the... Is there oh, any fin- this one? Finish it. <laughs> and then this guy comes I'll, in. I'll edit the... the no, the, don't. <laughs> I'll swap them around so it's one coherent. This is called, you know... Freeform... Breaking the narrative. This is uh, when you uh, you know what's his name? Who the, the guy that you know people on the internet pretend is a bro? Elon David Musk. Foster Wallace. Oh, David Foster Wallace. It's like one of his. Yeah. Sure. And he's like, there's another guy comes in and he jumps out the window. Jumps out the window. Sorry. Yeah. So there's a man drinking in the in the Empire State Building. Yeah, and then another guy comes in. And he's like, I can jump out this window. And the wind is so strong mm-hmm. that no it's way good. he comes in through the window <clears throat> guy comes in through the window and he's like wow I jumped out the whatever the jumped off the roof and then the wind blew him into the yeah yeah. Then goes, I think I think I know how this ends and the other guy is like that's freaky that's freaky diggy yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try yeah and then he does it, and he just dies. Yeah, he jumps out. Yeah. And then the bartender's so like, goes, "Superman, you're no, such a, no." What it's does Green he say? Lantern. He goes, <laughs> "Green Lantern, you're such a <laughs> Mr. Lantern. You're such a you're such a beepal." Now, yeah. The uh, joke. Uh, Builder's like, "Don't tell me any jokes. Don't try to take my mind off things. I hate mm-hmm. chicken parm." Mm-hmm. My wife makes it. No, he doesn't say that. He very he much doesn't. doesn't say that. Okay, he says he loves his wife and her. Chicken no, pie. he doesn't even mention his wife. But he okay. is married, and she comes into it later. Okay, <laughs> later. Okay. And then he's like, page twelve when the wife enters. My God, James continues like this for another five minutes. So, for the sake of coherence, the joke is: a guy is sick of always having the same lunch and says he'll die if he gets another chicken parm. He doesn't, he dies. And then, the f- funeral happens. Mm-hmm. This is before COVID, so there's a load of people there. Yeah, okay. And uh, none of them are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Hugging, kissing. <laughs> Hugging, yeah. You know that story about Julius, or about, uh, what's his name? The Great, Alexander the Great. Um, yes, I do know it. So we can move, so you can continue for telling this smiling. story. <laughs> He's like, the story makes no sense and sources for it cannot be found. But there's a bear, and that's what the Jewish people believe in. <laughs> um, now, the former goes up to the wife and he's like, I'm very sorry mm-hmm. for your loss. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he kept getting pastrami sandwiches. No, chicken parm sandwiches. Chicken parm sandwich. And then the wife goes, now, the, remember the bit where I said the wife didn't make the sandwich? That's where it... This is where it loops back in. Yeah. And he said... She says... I don't understand. <laughs> and he always made his own lunch. He only made his own freaking lunch. I made his dinner and his breakfast. So why... So why did he... Why was he upset then? Or confused? Maybe he disassociated or something? <laughs> Every day at lunchtime. <laughs> in the morning. I guess in the morning when he's making it. Yeah. He was like, my wife, my beautiful wife, who's yeah. just like a picture of Liza Minnelli on a mop or something. But she is real. She talks to the foreman. At the yeah. That's it's it. a, a mop with a picture. He's polyamorous. He always made his own lunch. He's polyamorous. Yeah. Now. Now. There was a lot of words in that. No, it was very concise. It was yeah. only ten minutes long. <laughs> it fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which brings us very nicely and neatly to Tough the tales. to the subject of today's episode. Yeah. The word. The word. The lit. Yeah. The words, language. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you think was the first word? Uh, in. The beginning, there was the word. The word was made flesh. Mm-hmm. So, so the first word was God, I think. God saying God. God was like, God, are you there? 
<laughs> and then he answered himself and was like, oh. Oh, he is. Are you there, God? It's me, God. Yeah. And then... I'm so scared of making this universe thing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm big enough. Big, if I'm big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Can God make a universe so big that even he can't live in it? Fit in it? It's so big that he can't fit in it. Yeah. Fit outside it? It's so big... That he he has to live in it. But he has to live in it. Because there's no room outside. And so that's bad. That's bad. Just happens. Wait, because you would normally think that there's the universe and God is just outside the universe. Yeah, my mind, it's like, we're the puppets, God's the puppet master. <laughs> yeah, you've said that to me many times. Yeah, that's why I will never uh, apologize for anything I do or take accountability. Cause <laughs> because God is pulling the strings. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who had a very good bit uh, years ago about how God, because God's created everything, God's his best critic and his worst critic. And like he's invented everything good and also everything that's dog shit. Right. So like he makes a film and then he also makes the review of that film that hates. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he moves in mysterious ways. Yeah. Famously. Hmm. What was the most mysterious thing you think he did? I mean, how are you gonna get a son and then kill that son? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is again to the idea that he is everything. He's doing everything. So he p- put his only begotten son on Earth, and then he was the puppet master behind the people who killed that son. Yeah. That was yeah. the first psyop the Jews did. Did you know that? <laughs> okay. He didn't need to say... He didn't need to say the religion of the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. That was very involved, wasn't it? Yeah, it was certainly a factor. I'm not saying the Jews do it now. I'm just saying the Jews did the first one. You can really just say Jewish people, James. You don't have... <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. It was Jesus and it was Barabbas. Yeah. Those were their choices. Yeah. And, yeah Julius and, the, like, and, and the people use their words, tie it no, in. No. They the, stomped the, there and hollered. The Pharisees used their money. <laughs> well, they did. Okay. To get Barabbas. To get Jesus stuff. killed. The, uh, the money part doesn't really come into the popular story. It does. They pay the people. To, they, to they asked for the crowd, yeah. I thought they didn't pay them. I thought they just started shouting it and people were... No, they pay them. Oh, okay. Pay them good money. Now. <laughs> How good? Now good. Now good. It's good for now. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. No, James. They didn't pay the crowd. Matthew twenty-seven twenty says the high priest simply persuaded the crowd. The crowd was already largely against him either because they didn't believe his claims of being the son of God or because they were afraid of Roman retaliation if they did free him. <laughs> and they did use their words, though, to shout Barabbas. So, you know, arguably some of the most important words in history were, were shouting Barabbas. That's true. What do you think yeah. is the most important word in history? Um, love. Love? Yeah. Um, no. What do you think it is? God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but God is love, eh? No, he's not. Yeah, he is. What is he? He's just a guy. Just a guy. Do you think you've met God? <laughs> yeah, every night. <laughs> I'm married to him. Yeah. <laughs> God is just a yeah, guy. Yeah, a priest married to God. Are priests married to God? No. Nuns are. Nuns are married to Christ. Nuns being married to Christ is actually more of a metaphor. They don't literally marry Jesus. They're like, check out the ring. His big diamond ring they have. <laughs> we're, actually, <laughs> we're actually engaged. Yeah. All the nuns just have like yeah. 20, I don't know, I don't know they're red diamonds, but there's whatever a carrot is. Yeah. You can get diamonds and carrots. They got more carrots than Bugs freaking bunny. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got more carrots than little. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Keep <There's> going. <laughs> more than little. Famous words. Yeah. They got more Carrot. carrots than Holland. Wait, where, where was William of Orange from? Uh, yeah, the Netherlands. So, yeah, I mean Holland, probably. Yeah. So, he's got more carrots than Holland. A place, than a place that famously has orange in a, in an area's name well it's also that it's Nassau is where orange 
They developed the orange carrot. Okay. For right. William of Orange. Why? What color was it before? You can still get them. You can get purple, white, mm-hmm. maybe green. Okay. A green carrot? I don't know about green. Is a white carrot not just a parsnip? Very good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> carrots are the most overrated vegetable. I hate carrots. I love carrots. Um, yeah. You love carrots because of mirepoix. Why? You just love mirepoix. You're like, I'll just eat it. <laughs> Don't even add anything to it. Just it's I'll just, eat it raw. I'll eat I'll it straight from the pan. Like, what is mirepoix? It's carrots, onions, and celery. I thought peas were in there. Peas? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusted at the concept. Well, the idea of mirepoix is that it's like the basis for every dish. Yeah. So why would there be peas in it? Well, it can be... Hold on. No. Look it Just, up. There's some variety, with, but peas never enter into the equation. Made with diced vegetables, cooked usually with butter and other fat. I mean, yeah, could, not could. peas. Peas are legumes, not vegetables. <laughs> like you might as well say was uh, kidney beans. You can put peas in a mirepoix. Well, you can put anything in it. but like Yeah, but uh, there's a recipe for it online. What's the recipe from? It's from tasteofhome.com. No, that's like a blog site. That's so, one of those ones where the, where the person's like, my kids don't like carrots, so I just substituted parsnip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mirepoix, for those at home. Yep. And in Ronan's home. Um, yep, absolutely. So open up your ears. <laughs> and your heart. Yeah. Uh, carrot, celery, onion. Are you reading something or are you just declaring it? Just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the three sisters are? The play by Chekhov. No. No, what? Corn, squash, could be beans, I'm not sure. <laughs> beans? Yeah. What's, what? why are they called the three sisters? See, it's so funny when we give words, you know, words have these meanings, you know. Yeah, words have freaking meanings these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Now, they're called the three sisters because you've complanted them all together. And they'll grow yeah, they like grow together. They don't compete for resources. Oh, okay. So the corn grows high, the squash grows, I guess, low, and then the other thing grows whatever. <laughs> Floating a few feet above the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the beans. <laughs> you know what um, the basis for all uh, Indian cuisine tends to be? The basis for all Indian like cuisine. their version of mirepoix. You can Spice, do like curry. Spice, curry. Come on, Ron. <laughs> What's the basis for Indian cuisine? Curry. Don't you don't come on. <laughs> curry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're like mirepoix, like Same. to have just a vegetable base for what's anything. The basis, what's the basis for Chinese cuisine? Rice. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Curry. What's the basis? What's the basis for Irish cuisine? Potato. Yeah, okay, but I'm talking Thank about mirepoix. Irish yeah. have no cuisine. There's no such thing as Irish cuisine. Yes, there is. There's loads. No, Irish cuisine yep. is like boxty. Farrells, boxty, <laughs> uh, called canon. No, that's not cuisine. That's subsistence living. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's surviving. That's it's like, not... <laughs> what weed can we mash into this potato? That's not cuisine. Yeah. Um, it's uh, ginger, onion, and I think turmeric. <laughs> Okay. Not curry. Stop! I, <laughs> God, I, can't, I can't have to take that out. No, you won't. Don't. Uh, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Yeah. We did get an Indian together once, though, didn't we? Where do we go? The Jewel and the Crown. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another place that has, like, in Temple Bar, that has, like, a golden elephant inside. I like that place. Uh, for, like to scale yeah wow you yeah. think it'd be more known for that than for even being a restaurant yeah yeah and the food comes out of its snout onto your plate snout yeah famously no other word for yeah an elephant that, snout that on an, an elephant snout yeah. remember what I was reading but they referred to it as an elephant's nose <laughs> yeah I mean it smelled, they smell through it 
Do they? They can use it. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me if you told me that elephants couldn't smell. Elephants have a keen nose. They have more smell receptors than any mammal, including dogs, and can sniff out food that is several miles away. No, they can smell. They sure? They smell bloody awful. Yeah. Yeah. How's a freaking smell? Uh, uh, through its nose. <laughs> yeah. Um. What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. Have you ever heard that old um, lesson about the blind monks? Now, is this an actual story from history? Because I feel like we're getting... This is a really vague episode so far. And they are like, what's an elephant? To who? Um, each other. They're at, they've, someone's invented the word elephant. Yeah. And they yeah. go and they... I can't remember how they come into contact with an elephant. I think someone brings it to them. Yeah. And then one of them is like stroking its skin and they're like, it's a like a crocodile. And another one is just like yanking on his tail. And he's like, <laughs> it's a rope. Horse. It's like a rope. A horse. Okay. Yeah. Another one like grabs its snout and he's like, <laughs> he's like, this is a snake. And he's just yanking on it again. <laughs> uh, Etc. Yeah. And the point is that they can't get the whole picture without their eyes. <laughs> so wait, they were blind. doing this with their eyes closed. They're blind. Oh, they're blind. Right. Okay. Hmm. James is talking about the parable of the blind men and the elephant. The Buddhist text Udana 6-4 contains one of the earliest versions of the story. It is dated to around circa 500 BCE, during the lifetime of the Buddha, although the parable is likely older than the Buddhist text. And so, I okay, very important story. Wait, mm. so, if you're, what you're saying there is if you're blind, you'll never you'll, understand. You'll never get the whole picture. Yeah, okay, that's horrible. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you have to be a bit more careful. The moral of the parable is that humans have a tendency to claim absolute truth based on their limited, subjective experience as they ignore other people's limited subjective experiences which may be equally true i know i thought you were gonna do <laughs> okay <laughs> just think a bit more all right before you open mm. your mouth mm. i thought you were gonna tell a story like the camel leopard oh i love that one the camel mm -hmm. leopard he's like mm -hmm. he's attending the meeting of all the animals mm -hmm. and then the native american kid is like why do all the animals have different tails you know such random tails you know mm -hmm. Like, you think a crocodile would have no tail and a squirrel would have, a, like, a rat's tail, all this sort of stuff. Okay. And then all the animals that attended a thing and they would take off their tails. Yeah. And then when they would take off fire, their tails. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, they, there was a fire. They just had to grab whatever. They run and they grab whatever tail they can. Okay. And that's so they all got mixed up. Yeah, right. so that's why a lot of animals, including that animal you referenced, yeah. has, have mad tails. Okay, I think James is incoherently mixing up two different Native American folk tales. How the beaver got his tail, and why dogs sniff each other, both from the Ojibwe and Algonquin peoples. The former, is a fable where the moral of the story is not to be arrogant and to accept yourself. The latter, explains why dogs sniff each other's butts. Okay. Well, a camel leopard is a giraffe. Right. Um, which I'm sure you knew. I was like, what an idiot. He doesn't even know what a giraffe is. <laughs> he thinks it's a cross between a camel and a leopard, but I won't Well, cry. that's what they described it as. That's what they called it. That was the word that they used long ago. Uh, Robot James will tell us. The 14th century. Um, and that was, you know, when they when they didn't have an, their own words for things, they would just try and mash what they knew together because that was oh, their yeah. worldview, you know? It's like, it doesn't work gorilla, I mean, like mountain person or something in ancient Greek. Because Alexander the Great was like, these humans are very stupid and very <laughs> strong. Maybe that could be it. I know, <laughs> very strong and yeah. so attractive. Uh, yeah. I know, like, mountain gorillas are... Gorilla Gorilla is their taxonomy. Yeah, that was... Not quite. The term gorilla comes from the name of a tribe described by Hanno the Navigator, a Carthaginian explorer around 500 BC. 
He thought the supposedly human tribe called the gorilla he discovered in Western Africa were hairy and violent. But they were actually probably just gorillas so that's what we named them in English in the 19th century. Isn't learning fun? What a funny word, eh? What a word hilarious to... word. Also like the river Avon means river river. Does it? Yeah, Avon is the Anglo-Saxon word. Where no. is that? In England, like Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh uh, yeah, I love the way that naming convention works. Stratford-upon-Avon. You love the way it works? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you think it's like, just the name of the place, Stratford-upon-Avon. But it's actually Stratford. But actually it's, no, Stratford, and it's upon a river called Avon. Yeah. yeah. Like Newcastle-upon-Tyne. Yeah. Stoke-on-Trent. In Jamaica they still use the word upon or upon quite a lot. Upon. We use it a lot. Do we? Yeah. Like we I start of... every podcast by saying you can't you don't hear this, but I start up by saying once upon a podcast. Yeah. And then it's and then it begins. Once upon a podcast. The mm. uh they once say stuff like time. I strap on step on step upon the street, all the sort that sort of stuff. They say I step upon the street. Yeah. When they're trying to say what? I don't know, go out in the street. Okay. They sort of use it in place of onto. Sure. Okay, what would that sound like? I just did it. Say it again, say it as a clear sentence. They'll be like, I step pawn the street. Pawn the street, right. Pawn or upon. Pawn is a word in Jamaican English, patois, that carries an intrusive P on the English word on. Way yoday pawn means what are you doing? Literally translated as, what are you on, to do. Okay. And There's a word in, for you. Is that, that's in Patois, is it? I don't know what it's called. Okay. Um, are we talk about the guy, the white guy, Jamaican guy on TikTok, and everyone keeps insisting he's a racist? Which parent is Jamaican? Me mother, me father, me grandmother, me grandfather, me great-grandfather, me great-grandmother, me great-great-grandfather, me great-great-grandmother, me great-great... I have, I have seen this guy, yeah. That guy's so funny. I also They're saw like, another guy who is white and Nigerian. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he sound like? He sounded like he had a Nigerian accent. And then there was a black Irish person duetting the video to explain. Really? Hmm? Well, yeah, he was just really? like... Well, everyone complaining that this person also wasn't Nigerian for being white. And says... Oh, it's just, you know, if you're just not the majority colour, you can't be from that place. True. Calling a white person who's from Jamaica not Jamaican is as much as saying a black person from Ireland isn't Irish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm glad we agree. Yeah. Here's a question. You still haven't answered what the first word was. Do you think it's God? God. Yeah. You really think it was God? God said yeah. God? Yeah. Okay, what did Gronk say when he crawled out? God. Is it God? I've been asleep for ages. Is it God I love you? Yeah. <laughs> he said, God be with you, and then yeah, he shortened that to goodbye. Mm. He said that to a stone. And did the stone talk back, like in a religious sense? Yeah. What did, it, what did the stone say? What was the first thing said by a stone then? Um, it was like, oh, by Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, imagine that. Opec Angam style. <laughs> Sexy lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're looking at this stone. It's going to take me 12,000 years to understand this one. <laughs> he says, I'm going to watch this more than any other rock. <laughs> yeah. Every this rock gets, you yeah, know, gonna... 10, 10 billion views. This is going to be the most watched rock in history. <laughs> Do you think people are still commenting on their Opa Gangnam style? They definitely There's are. There's been like, here in 2021, oh, Opa Gangnam style. Absolutely. Literally, I'm going to go to the video now. And yeah. The first. What a waste of words. Do you know what I mean? It used to be that you had to like consider, you had to hire a monk to write down what you wanted. Yeah. And now it's just like, some French man is just like, Opa Gangnam style. Underneath oh. the Opa Gangnam style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It has got 5.2 million comments. The latest... Oh. Five days ago was a comment. Everybody gangsta till you realise half the world has watched this. That's so funny that that guy thinks that... He, like, each 
click is a person. Like yeah. if I watch a mutual numerous times, it's still mm. one. Yeah. So he's just imagining like yeah. tribal elders in Afghanistan <laughs> watching <laughs> Ube Gangnam Style. Uh, 22 hours ago, someone commented, fun fact, the whole world was singing to this eight years ago. Sort of fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. This song rules. Yeah. It's tradition to come back here every once in a while. Uh, sure is. Fun fact, this song was so viral that YouTube was having trouble counting views. No, it wasn't. Well, it's the fun fact. These facts are very... <coughs> like, they need fact-checking, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have Robot James to check. It's actually true. At the time of Gangnam Style's debut... YouTube's counting algorithm was based on a 32-bit integer, so the maximum it could count to was 2,147,483,647. So they had to change the system and now it can count to more than 9 quintillion. It's amazing we never did a remix. Oh, there's been many a remix. You know, actually, yeah. he's, that's a great example, Gangnam Style. It shows how words... Words, you know, we don't need to know necessarily the meaning of words for them to have meaning to us. You know what I mean? Yes, it's like, what does Opa mean? Opa, yeah, exactly. What does it mean to you? Uh, it means cast, gonna, your, cast your mind back it means nine I'm years ago. Gonna have a great time for the yeah. next three and a half minutes. So, but every time you say oh, <laughs> Opa, every time I say Opa, I know I'm about to start watching the Opa Yangham style video. Yeah. <laughs> just opening it up. Opa. Opa. <laughs> um, Take me away to South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know Gangnam is a region in Seoul. Really? So it's really just like Opa Buddhistan style. Basically, yeah. Man, really. I should have released a. You should have released that. Opa. How would it go? Hey. You know. I'll put. I'll put the. I'll put. Gangnam style underneath this, so you just right. freestyle now. Go. Okay. Uh, a Opa Gangnam style. A sexy dark pond. There's a wildlife sanctuary across the road. Uh, I can take the dart. I don't know the song. I, I've never <laughs> we would have let you away with it if it rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, where do you live, Bob? Brigham. yes. Are well, you actually inquiring? It comes up every time we talk. <laughs> well, what would Opa Brigham style? Uh, it would probably go something like... Uh, it would actually just still be in Korean. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Big Korean population, Bob Brigham. Yes. Yeah. Um, North Korean. <laughs> Defectors, yeah. 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 What was your favourite meme song? My favourite meme song? I loved... Um, uh, oh, you know, the one uh, Mushroom. Badger, 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 Badger. I hated that one. I never yeah. saw the point in that one. Loved it, loved it. Badger, 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 Mushroom. Mushroom, Mushroom, Snake, it's a snake. I yeah, never understood yeah. that one. I don't think it was meant to be understood. Well, actually, what did you think it did mean? It, I mean, do you, do I you determine any humor. meaning from, from those words, though? I just like, why a badger? You know what I mean? I know yeah. Chomsky, was he the one who was like, words exist, you know... To be broken. Words exist to be broken. Yeah, that was Chomsky. What do you think was the first civilization to write? Who were the first to write? Cuneiform, was it not? That's not a civilization. I know, but what civilization had cuneiform? Doesn't a mask. Okay. I'm going to say Sumerian. Okay. It is Sumerian, correct. Swish. Swish. Nothing but net. Yeah. Nothing yeah. but net. Yeah, yes. correct. So tell us... <laughs> tell us more about Sumeria and its writing. Um. Well, I know it was developed because it's very easy style of writing if you have a stick and wet clay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's something interesting you know the library of alexander yeah 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 
it was set on fire famously it do you think it was set on fire or just caught fire I think it was a it was a conspiracy psyop psyop yeah the uh, they say it out of the tablets that were wet and they got they dried during the fire they got yeah so they were actually well preserved so where are they I think we have a lot of them we don't have I don't think we have a lot from the yeah they just moved to like Persia oh and the Persians were like Opa Gangsta Opa yeah Every, we're gonna have fun trying to decipher these Opa Mesopotamia style <laughs> James is actually thinking of the so-called library of Ashurbanipal, the name given to a collection of over 30,000 clay tablets discovered in northern Iraq. The city of Nineveh was once the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and was engulfed in fire around 612 BC. Rather than burning like all the scrolls and parchment around them, the tablets were baked harder, preserving them to this day. How many, here's a question, how many writing systems have developed distinct from each other do you, know this, each do you other. know the answer to this yes how many writing styles as in alphabets or yeah essentially in history or we currently have in history in history I'm going to say thousands three no three it's not three uh, there are three times where the alphabet has been inve- invented by cultures that didn't have knowledge of alphabets that didn't have knowledge of alphabets yeah so they didn't tra- as in they didn't adapt it to their yeah so say like if you look at the Cyrillic alphabet yeah invented by Saint Cyril the script is named in honor of the Saint Cyril one of the two Byzantine brothers Saint Cyril and Methodius who created the glagolitic alphabet the predecessor to Cyrillic he knew about the Roman alphabet Sure. So he was like well, the Greek, oh, the Greek alphabet. Whatever. He was just like, yeah. I'll make one of these, but for Russia. Right. Yeah. Actually, both the Glagolitic script was invented by Saint Cyril and his brother in order to translate liturgical books into contemporary Slavic. Since the words of that language could not be easily written in either Latin nor Greek, they developed a new script entirely, the precursor to modern Cyrillic. Uh, just... But I mean, do, do hieroglyphics count? I think they might be the other one, yeah. Or maybe it's like the Chinese one. What about Oum? Yeah, Oum wasn't a complete writing system. I suppose not. You couldn't write prose. Yeah. You couldn't really write much of anything. You could just write your name. Well, it was just for marking boundaries and... Yeah, exactly. Like, I think people who knew Oum knew, you know, to read and write and other things. Which does make it funny when people get tattoos of Oum. Why? Well, it's just like, it's like, what is it, you know... It's like a sentence spelled mm. out in, in Oum. Which is, for the American listeners, the ancient Irish uh, form of writing, uh, which is um, a line and notches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but isn't that interesting? Now, isn't that interesting, you know? Look them up there, see what they are. Who, what, the th- what, the th- what the alphabets? Yeah. And here's a li- well, Ronan's doing that. I'm going to mm-hmm. blow your mind. <laughs> Alphabet. Alpha. Beta. Beta. Which one are you? Uh, alpha. So, I know I'm a sigma. Okay. Uh, I'm a ligma. Yeah, you're malignant. Yeah, I am. I will I will rot. Um, the alpha, beta. Gamma. Delta. Epsilon. I don't know what F is. Well, next is zeta. Gamma. No, gamma was third. Don't know what H is. Maybe not. No. No. Next is Eta. This is too complicated a question that I'm just going to be able to Google it and find it an answer. Yeah, oh, no. You have a little look. I'll blow people's minds while you have a look. Uh, okay. I'd like to see you try. So, the UN phonetic alphabet. It's the NATO alphabet. Idiot. Not the UN. Is, of course, um, uh, is, it a, is AS still alpha in that? You can't ask me. When Sorry. you're blowing their minds. <laughs> B is Bravo. Uh, uh, yeah. F is Foxtrot. Um, yeah. You just skip over. 
C to E. Yeah, like the vitamins, baby. Them. Like the vitamins. <laughs> uh, Charlie, Delta, Echo. You know, if we if we only ever spoke in that, that would really undermine words and languages because it would take forever to say anything. Which is often why people find Irish to be very difficult language. Uh, and and English, as a matter of fact. Uh, very difficult language. James, you got to help me. I'm drowning here. I'm drowning. Just keep going. You're doing well. So, the America... the uh, English... and In America, English is even sh- shorter because they take out some of the letters, like U's in colour, and um, they change the Z to... They change the S to Z in, like, customise or organise, and that... Um, it isn't doesn't make the word shorter, per se, but it does... Um, uh, Z is uh, faster to reach because it's in the corner of a QWERTY keyboard as opposed to the S which is uh, one in from the A uh, on the middle band so the Z in the corner would actually be quicker to reach okay I think yeah. I think I have it here oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> I think we have Sumerian yeah just to remind you these are the only original alphabets um I think there's some Mesoamerican one mhm there's Egyptian. Egyptian. There's Ch- Chinese. That's okay. More than three so far. There's four. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that, <laughs> some that are debated. Some that are. Yeah, that's interesting anyway. Yeah. And everything else is just people looking at people's alphabets and yeah, saying, I, mean, I, like, wanna, I don't want to use their one. I'm going to adapt it to my own. Because there are two, at the moment there are these two twins in, what is it, Ethiopia? And they're trying to, like, make a writing system for their language. And they're, like, their big struggle is to try to get it onto computers. Because it hasn't been written down, it hasn't been sort of codified. Yeah, but they've codified it, and then there's just some weird process by which Mm -hmm. the letters get onto the computer. I think James is referring to the work of Fasad Law, an Ethiopian software engineer responsible for getting Ethiopic type on modern computers. Don't know anything about a twin or them inventing a new alphabet though. The Ethiopic type has been in use since 100 AD. Which also kind of refutes the idea of there only being four independent alphabets. Look kids, linguistics is hard. People literally have to get degrees in it. What do you expect from these two idiots? Okay. Well, I'm sure it would be difficult. It's difficult for... I mean, I can't imagine what uh, any keyboard that's not Latin or Cyrillic would look like. Yeah, what do Chinese ones look like? Well, they're simplified Chinese as a... Japan Japan has three types of writing. I never understood why. Mm Mm-hmm. Korean is apparently a simplified version of Japanese. Both Korean and Japanese scripts are actually based on Chinese characters. Yeah, don't they say the Japanese are historically Koreans? Do they? Yeah. Except That's... for the ones that... There's like two two ethnic groups in Japan that yes. predate the arrival yeah. of the Koreans. And they're just oh, like okay. hated. I believe James is referring to the indigenous Ainu and Ryukyuan peoples. And they're still around. Yeah, one of the north and one of the south. Ah, much like ourselves. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. You're on the north side, I'm on the south side. Exactly. Hated. Hated. We're hated hated. by the rest of the country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, the the Shavian alphabet was invented. You know that? No. It was uh, George Bernard Shaw and his will left money specifically... To anyone who could invent a better form of writing English, because he thought English was very silly with the. Oh, there's that stupid one where it's like dyslexia should be spelled O or something. I don't know about that. It's just it's basically a phonetic alphabet, but it's each thing is an entirely new symbol, so there's not nothing. There's no like Latin letters in it, and of well, all the money the that point? was spent on it, they only published one book. Uh, in, one letter in Shavian. <laughs> they only got one letter in. Someone did it, and they won the the prize, but. They just published one copy of... It was actually designed by four people and the only thing they ended up publishing was a version of Shaw's play Androcles and the Lion, in a bi-alphabetic edition with both conventional and Shavian spellings. I... 
I mean, what's wrong with the R one? It's very simple. But it's not like very O-U-G-H. simple. <laughs> yeah. It either O U G H. It either has off, mm-hmm. oo. Yeah. That's it. O U G H. Oo off it, off. It's just like when you drive around Ireland, you just have to learn how to get everywhere because the signs don't make any sense. No, I know, but also there is the fact that English was made more complicated unnecessarily. Uh, Like they they, they added letters and they wanted to make words more complicated. No, they didn't. Yes, they they did. When did they do that? During the Enlightenment. Really? Like what? Yeah. Like adding, like even things like adding a U to colourful or things like that. They they, they added more letters to have more silent letters to be more like French. Really? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Ronan is actually referring to the period during the 16th century, when people turned to the study of word origins, etymology, to try to regularize English spelling. This resulted in many more silent letters, for example the S in Ireland. Different etymologies also explain many tricky words, for example privilege, proceed, Dane, dependent slash dependent, stationary slash stationary. They also explain the different spellings of the SH sounds in spatial, facial, and emotion. It must have been fun back in the day where writing was just like, like you spell creatively. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like... I, I can guess how this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like adding a few more letters. Yeah. People are like, yeah. oh, that's very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is mm, very... That's Oppen and Gangnam style. Yeah. The, uh... Do you know Dewey... Uh, the guy who invented his name's Herman, no Melville De- Dewey. Um, he the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, he in, also in, was determined to try and get rid of all unnecessary letters in English. So like he spelt his own name, M E L V I L instead of M E L V I L L E, something right. like that. Uh, also horrible man, complete James monster. James G W. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> How would, would um, giraffe? Giraffe would be J I J U J J U or A F giraffe. Really, or A F? Yeah, giraffe. Giraffe. How's it normally spelled? It would be spelled C A M E L L E O P A or D. <laughs> That's how it's normally spelled. Yeah. Um. But uh, just just a fun fact that yeah, Dewey Dewey Decimal himself was uh, hor- horribly racist. Yeah, and, he's uh, cancelled and a monster sexual deviant. Yeah, he actually was cancelled. He was a founding member of the American Library Association, but resigned in 1905 due to allegations of sexual harassment, racism, and anti-Semitism. I you think this whole thing is just gibberish? But everything I say is a reference to a historical. Yeah, you actually haven't said an original word this entire show. Yeah, it's all yeah. word in the Bible. It's, it's all quotes from the Bible, yeah. <laughs> Upham Gangnam style. Yeah. Um, uh, hmm? Do you think you could invent a new alphabet? What would be the point? If, well, what, do you disagree that, Chab, you know, that English is, it is overly complicated? I think it's fine as is. You think you like the flourishes? Yeah, like if you add two, if you take them all away, you just got Italian. If you take all the like Italian what? is the most straightforward of the language. That's why none of them are dyslexic. <laughs> so I know one in Italy is dyslexic. Yeah. How is dyslexia tied to the language? It's like it's all very straightforward. But I thought dyslexia. I don't know enough about dyslexia. Like dyslexia, you have trouble reading, right? Yeah. But like, if you are dyslexic in English. You mm-hmm. all these fucked up words that don't make any sense. Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder. I mean, Italian people can definitely still have dyslexia, but James is right that it has a much lower rate due to the simplicity of the language. So so you think, yeah, so in answer to that, when I said you think it's too complicated, you said, well, then we'd be stuck with Italian and they have no dyslexics. Yeah. So would you not think it'd be good if we simplified English so there was dyslexics could didn't have any problems? No, because you could do that for everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you could make everything more accessible. Yeah, but then you could have like, you know, you know, flatten all the hills for people 
to walk over easier. Do you know what I mean? N- no, that's or, not what you, t- you know, it make roads everywhere so we could always drive places. Or Or like put ramps at the front of a building to so someone can get up if they're yeah, in a wheelchair. Yeah, it was Mary Robinson's husband who was in a wheelchair and then she was like, I'm gonna put a ramp on our because we live yeah. here and everyone was like, You're disgracing the building. You're like defacing yeah. this beautiful building. It's not a great building. It's either. the ugliest building in the world. It's not okay, it's not the ugliest building in the world. Um You need to know that those words hold power and meaning. <laughs> uh what else would you have to do? I mean you could To make the world more accessible. <laughs> no could use electricity because some people are allergic to it. Because some people are Amish. Allergic to it. yeah. Yeah. Um you couldn't talk too loudly. Because some or people too have quietly. sensitive ears. Yeah. yeah. So no. So no, let's not try and make the world accessible. Let's not try to ruin the world by making everything safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the word? It's not political correctness. Just health and safety gone mad. Yeah. Health and safety gone mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, do you think you think the world should be made more difficult and yeah, more obstacles to language? Yeah. If you could, if you could make, if you could make one change to English, what would it, what would it be? Um. I think it would be that every time someone, you know, draws a seven in a deck of cards, they can add a new rule to the English language. Uh, but if but what if someone then just sits at home and just keeps picking cards till they've drawn seven loads of times and they that's, keep... Yeah, that's the risk. <laughs> right, and how did and who how do they explain to people that they've added a new rule? Um, <laughs> just tweet about it. Just, just tweet about it. Just <laughs> yeah, it'll get out. I mean think about it you go online and then someone's like um, oh it's ableist to tell people to go out more and it's like everyone suddenly agrees and it's like well how did you all know that's now a rule I suppose so if someone agrees with a sentiment you put online it becomes a rule that's like like think about it the term now is person of colour how do we all know that's the one? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, what? I know. Oh, I know. I mean, uh, what do you think is the term, the correct term for someone who is um, uh, medically short? Uh, a king. A short king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was going to ask if you, well, what's the one, if you get to add a rule, you've drawn a seven, what's a, what's a rule you would add to the language? James has closed his eyes to enter his mind palace once more. As he scans through his list of rules he's already thought of long and hard about. Yeah. To now draw one at random. So from this day forward, all people who speak the English language shall have to abide by the rule. I think it'd be nice if there were no rules. Oh. <laughs> You're just a spoil sport for all the people who draw seven after you. Yeah, there's no rules anymore. No rules. Wouldn't that be make? Wouldn't that make writing very hard and and understanding it? Who needs it? You think we're post post words now as well? Yeah. Why? How are we post words? Through the post. Through the. Yeah. No, oh, you sorry. Said, you meant how do we, we post words? I said, no, I said how are we post letter, words? Mm. You've answered the freaking post box. No. Postman comes and he's like, "I'll deliver this for you." You know. Yeah. As long okay. as you put a stamp. In the top right-hand corner, a simple stamp, <laughs> and I'm like, mm. "It's a euro these days for one letter." Yeah, how many letters are you sending? Hundreds. No, <laughs> I don't send any letters. It's too expensive. Just hate mail. <laughs> yeah, I send hundreds of death threats a year to daytime chat show hosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever sent a hate mail? No. You just hate males. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that means uh, like a Twitter joke where someone's like, I receive hate mail. Because uh, as a man, I get hate mail. And then it's like... Male. No, it'd be like, I got hate mail. And then Andrea Dworkin or someone, like one of those strange second wave feminists. I've, okay. Would then what? 
That's what they would post. No. You, a man would post it. Yeah. And then they'd attach an image of her. Oh, like, oh, I get you. I keep being sent hate mail, and then it's a picture of a feminist. Uh, but of that particular one, who I think does hate men. Who, who said it again? Andrea Dorkin. Dorkin, yeah. I'm not sure. Look her up. Who she is. Andrea Rita Dworkin was an American radical feminist activist and writer. She is best known for her analysis of pornography, although her feminist writings, beginning in 1974, span 40 years. The central theme of Dworkin's work is re-evaluating Western society, culture, and politics. She did this through the prism of men's sexual violence against women in a patriarchal context. Uh, where is she from? Uh... Only America. Isn't everyone just from America? You're telling me. Everyone's either from America or like your town. Palbriggan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's dead. Still feel good about what you said? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do some more research into whether or not. I mean, she hates men. Hated men. Yeah. Okay, well. James will have a bit more nuance, Robot James. In the words of Julie Bindel, feminist and Warkin's friend of 10 years, says, she was the most maligned feminist on the planet, she never hated men. Yeah. But that's a very good... Are you going to make that Twitter joke? No. You're going to have it. Nah, it's alright. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll sell it. I'll sell it to someone. Yeah, set up the yeah. NFT. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now there's there's a new a new term, new words put in the right you know a new order for the first time, and suddenly uh, very important. Isn't that amazing about words and language, James? Do you know what they stand for? Non fungible token. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. gonna get any? No. Uh, I no. It's probably the biggest waste of energy ever conceived of. Like it's just well, some internet nerd wanted like. The whole thing was that you had art where people used to sell paintings. (laughs) Right? I remember those days. It was like a picture of a horse next to a dog. Traveler with his horse and dog at rest beside a wall. 1842 by Eugene Verboek Hoven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had people who sold urinals in museums. Fountain, 1917 by Marcel Duchamp. Mm -hmm. And then you had people who were like, I don't want to do anything commercial. I'll just, you know, my art is now a series of movements, like lazy dances, of me looking in a mirror describing myself, all this sort of stuff. Mirror Piece 1, 1969 by Joan Jonas. Yeah. And then... Yeah, just so you know, this is, a, this is just a, a, a generalization. This is not a, 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 a an in-depth analysis of art of the 20th century. Do you think not? Um, I, I feel like we should be legally obligated to say no. And then uh, there's all this bullshit internet art. I was whatever descendant from that mm-hmm. performance art. Hashtag all my movies 2015 by Shia LaBeouf. And then a group of nerds were like, I know the whole point of this was not to make money, but now I want to sell my stupid like gif that used to be projected into a museum. So, well. Actually, what it was, was Sotheby's, the auctioneers, approached the internet artist who goes, he's called like Meeple or something. Yeah. And they wanted to know if he had a piece that they could sell online. And he said, well, why don't we sell everything I've ever done? Because he's been making an image every day for like 3,000 days. Yeah. And so that's what sold for 69 million. I know, but he's, he he probably wasn't the first artist to sell an NFT, that was he? Ah, it's a bit vague all around. But some allege that the first NFT were something called Coloured Coins in 2012. I don't know. Like the whole NFT thing is just greedy artists who don't want to bother having to make a painting to sell. They're just like, I'll just sell a gift. Don't know if it's quite that. I think I think NFTs are odd because isn't it that you know, it's a artificially inflated thing now, and it's like buying it's like buying a Bitcoin or something at the moment. Like NFTs are like. There's no, like with that thing, that mm. collage that your man yeah. did, that's worth 69 million because his career, mm. like, 
Art is all money laundering these days. Yeah, I know. Right? That's what I was going to say. And speculative investment. So this yeah. guy was just, he was like, all I do is make internet art. Or whatever. So, I'll just sell it like the way I sell a painting. Yeah. Um, as is to allow people engage in speculative investing. Yeah. Off the back of my career. Yes. Brilliant. But now it's just going to spread out to like, I'm revealing your man, Jack Dorsey, mm-hmm. is selling his first tweet as an NFT. Yeah, you can. I, yeah, I don't really. It's, it's completely lost me when people were. So now it's literally gone like back to this urinal thing where your man yeah. went in, he found a urinal. Mm-hmm. And the point was sort of that like art was everywhere or whatever. Yeah. No, it wasn't, that wasn't the point, but it was some point like that. Now people have sort of taken that idea and gone, well, if it's everywhere, we should. That means everything's worth something. Yeah. And it's sort of the worst development ever. Because now people are just going to sell random bits. Yeah. And people are going to start selling, and here's the crux of the matter, they're going to start selling your DNA as NFTs. (gasps) That's very cool. No, it's bad. We could own people. That sounds like a great idea. No, you won't own them. You'll own their DNA. Uh, oh. Intellectual Genomes, property. Sequence, yeah. So it could take the form of, you know, you want to know who your ancestors are? Mm-hmm. So you join Ancestry.com. And mm-hmm. they're like, you know, jizz in a cup and send it on to us. Mm-hmm. They do a DNA test. We'll figure yeah, it out. Turns you out you're 100%. Irish. <laughs> and uh, then usually the woman she was like she did it and she was literally like 100% Longford or something <laughs> I didn't but, see that but um, then Alice would be like your DNA is now an NFT that we own yeah and we're going to sell it to an insurance company and they'll own it but it's but they don't it's, but it's an image it's a when you own it you're putting basically like a plaque beside it is, uh, how, is how I've heard it being described like you don't you can't inherently own a piece of digital art what you're doing is it's like blockchain you're just adding something to it Um, yes but they could legislate to make the ownership more expensive Hey, they could do what they... Hey, those fat cats in Washington can do what they want. I think in one way we have similar ideas now with copyright law. Like, yeah. I write a song and mm. I have the rights... It's beautiful. ...to that yeah. song. Yeah. And then I can sell the rights. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, like, no one can inherently own a song. But the mm. law enforces ownership. And yet also... Don't songs belong to us all? No, they most of them belong to Michael Jackson before he died. He's dead, yeah. Or I Pete. No, we're not getting or into that. Or I to a legend. <laughs> we're not getting into <laughs> those words mean things, James. Yeah, they mean rest. But I Pete. guess to I guess what you could say to bring this all together is with NFTs and DTFs. DDFs and DNAs. Words don't really mean anything. Would you Would you agree? Would you agree, James? Would you agree, James? Don't don't stop recording. (laughs) 